Bank. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Money in the Bank. So as always, I have Brett here with me. Hey guys. So I'm a little concerned now because I don't think I have a good trivia question for you. Thank goodness we can stop this ridiculousness. But uh, let's see. I'm going to try to think of one. What was the first show that I ever watched on Netflix? Uh, Doctor Who reruns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good that job. Good guess. That was a great guess. Um, all right. So, kind of funny, because that'll, that'll kind of relate into our conversation later. But um, today we wanted to talk about how to stop just consuming things and start also producing things. Getting out of the consumer mindset. We've talked about that briefly in a couple podcasts. So yeah. glad we're circling back to this one. Um, but kind of circling back and talking about it in a different way. So instead of just talking about consuming goods and listening to marketing, I also really kind of wanted to hone in on consuming things. Um, because it's very easy to just sit there and watch Netflix or play games, you know, video games or whatever it is. And... Don't get me wrong, we do all of those things. You know, we have a Netflix account, which we are thinking about canceling, but we still have it. Um, we play video games. You know, we even have a Switch, which is one of the newest systems. So mm-hmm. we, it's not even like we play old games. We stay up to date on it. But I think we try to make sure we have a very good balance of not only doing that, right? Because you're a little bit better because you can... You're a chill in life. I, I have a superpower of, <laughs> you know, not not getting frustrated about doing, you know, remedial tasks, right? So I can sit for, like, long periods of time, and it doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. Right? It's just it's just very strange. But I get serious ants in my pants You are syndromes. the exact opposite, right? Even so... hour-long car rides, you're like, I'm ready to do stuff. Come on. Yeah. So, you know, after a little bit, I just have to, like, it's like my skin starts crawling and I have to do something. Um, really, I kind of think, like, each and every day I try to aim to do at least one to two things that are very productive. So, on work days, that's easy because work, check, right? Um, but I try to do something for me as well, um, whether that's recording a podcast or, you know, I teach financial literacy at, you know, a nearby club for teenagers um or you know learning a new skill uh, or developing something whether it's learning you know i've spent a lot of time trying to learn how to crochet different things like that so you got really good at sanding earlier this year when we were building things yeah exactly (laughs) I, i was like the sanding queen um but regardless i think once you can learn time learn how to spend your time doing things that you still enjoy but you can leverage it to either gain new skills or gain money, you become a happier person because you can start, instead of just being a consumer, you're producing things. And to me, that just seems, I don't know. It was like, what are your thoughts on this as somebody who can probably, if I locked you in a room for 24 hours and made you watch Netflix, you could come out of that pretty okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I could sit there and watch stuff forever. I could sit there and play games forever. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty agreeable with like any of those scenarios, but then if you do that for a long time, and I don't know if this is true of anybody, I just, like, feel kind of skeezy after a while, right? Like, I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm not being productive. I've, like, what did I do? What did I get out of this? What did I learn? Like, I could have spent my time better than that, right? 
um, you know, it's easy to do at the time because it's like really entertaining to like do that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fun to like explore in games and play different things and try new things and watch different shows that are entertaining. And Netflix has so many shows on their network now that are like actually pretty good that you can't actually keep up with them anymore. Right. There's too many that are like getting really good reviews that even if you sat there all day long every day, you could not keep up with all of it. Right? So how long do I want to be inside of that game and how much time do I want to dedicate to that if I can't even keep up with all the good shows? Right. right? And that's what it was. It used to be like Game of Thrones is out and like you're going to watch Game of Thrones and you're going to watch Walking Dead and there's like eight series total across every single network including streaming services that were like worth watching. And now it's like, all of them, even Amazon is like getting like good shows and good services and like custom uh, movies that they're producing on side in, in those networks as well that are like actually high quality and like don't get terrible reviews like they have. Been. Yeah. So, right. How, how, how much time are you going to dedicate toward that? Because you can't win anymore. Yeah. Right? So eventually people are going to throw up their hands and be like, all right, well. Maybe I'll show watch a show once in a while, but I can't just watch like all these shows all the time. Even on two X speed, you can't watch all that stuff. Right? Yeah, and you know, I think for me, I view shows as you know, I try to be pretty productive throughout the day, and I'm still studying for exams right now. So you know, usually before bed, I like to throw on a show and just kind of use it as my time to like wind down and watch a show and kind of check out and get lost in a story, and then I go to bed. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think, if you know, shows can be good for that. But I think there's also this, like, herd mentality of, like, you have to keep consuming because everybody else is doing it. And it almost feels like a drug sometimes. Like, it's good to be entertained, you know? Oh, yeah. All the all the media companies are certainly taking, taking advantage of that. They know that, right? They know that they have good content. They want you to continue binge watching. They're going to queue up the next episode. It's going to launch automatically. All that stuff is there. It's not because it's convenient to you. It's because it keeps you logged on to the, the series and watching the stuff. Right. And, you know, Amazon is on the other side of that coin where it's physical products, but it's the exact same mentality, right? It's, look back through the last, like, 100 orders of things, you know, in your order history. Look back at the last, like, 100 items or even 50 items of stuff that you've bought on there and how much of that was, like, you know, not that great of a purchase, right? Or something that you didn't really need to have or didn't end up doing anything with, right? right? A lot of people, probably most people, have a pretty big queue of stuff that they've bought off of there that they don't even remember buying. They don't know where it is anymore, right? Wasn't really necessary to get or was something that ended up not being very good anyway. Oh, certainly. Right? Um, and I think, you know, going back to you saying, like, there's so much on Netflix, you can't even watch it all. They, you know, they say that it takes about a thousand hours to become an expert in something, which I would say that there are probably people who watch a thousand hours of television a year. A year would be generous. Yeah, it's probably a lot, you know, several thousand hours a year. Right. But I'll start with a thousand and just say, you know, a thousand hours of television a year. Well, if you do that, that means that if you replace that time that you watch television with learning a new skill you could become an expert in about a, a year. Um, I think they say that's like the, you know, or maybe not expert, but like master or something, and then expert is 10,000 hours. But regardless, mm-hmm. my point is, you could be well on your way to like developing a very awesome new skill set in a year just by replacing time that you watch TV. Um, so, you know, one example of this is like, you know, how do I use this to develop a skill that could help me with my financial journey? Since we are a financial podcast, I want to tie it back. Um, I actually knew of somebody who was going to CrossFit. 
And now CrossFit, in my opinion, can be quite expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're paying a lot of gyms. You pay between eighty and one hundred and fifty dollars a month to go there. Super expensive. So yeah. for us, you know, some people think that that's reasonable. We are so frugal; it's not even funny. So we're like, oh my god. Um, but so yeah, I knew somebody who was going to one, and they have these boxes to, to, you know, you jump up on them and you do different things on these wooden boxes. And he wanted one at home, but he like Googled it and it was super expensive. So he decided to go to Home Depot and get some plywood and just build his own box, right? So he put support beams in it of two by fours and then he built the plywood around it. And all in all, it cost about $10 to make one box. Well, then he was like talking to his buddies at the gym and they were like, oh, we want one of those. And it's super expensive to order one online. So how about 50 bucks? We'll give you 50 bucks for it. So he started making $40 per box. And then before you know it, you know, they tell other people at other gyms and he has more business than he can handle in his local community doing this on the side because he took the time to learn how to do basic 45 degree angle cuts and throw some wood together. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like that to me, that I'm like, that's awesome. And you probably know? learned how to sand pretty well, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sanding comes in handy. Let me tell you. Um but yeah, I think that's a, a really cool example of like, that's something that was probably just as relaxing for him to do. And hell, if he really wanted to, he could have probably put a little TV down in his room and continued watching Netflix like during this process, you know, mm-hmm. but instead he chose to do an activity that was still relaxing to him. Once you kind of get the routine down, it's a very relaxing, monotonous project, um, but it also made him some money and he was learning skills on how to make these clean cuts. And probably every time he made it, he got faster and more efficient, wasting less wood and, you know, making cleaner cuts and all of that. And developed, I mean, the woodworking skills is one thing, but like if you're out there networking with people, finding people that want your stuff, you know, basically doing viral marketing because, you know, people are spreading the word about how good the stuff is and, you know, working with people in gym, figuring out pricing models for how to best like price things versus what they cost. Right. Those are all a lot of, you know, a bunch of skills that a lot of people don't even think about that, you know, you also get better with as you start doing stuff like that. And does it make sense? And is he making too much money now? And now he needs to like learn how to start an LLC or whatever, you know, quick things not hard to do right anybody can pick this stuff up but unless you're going to do it it's i mean that's a totally different world from what you're doing today right right if you're just going to sit there again and you know watch tv uh you know you you'd never even think about considering doing any of that kind of stuff right and you know instead he went from you know doing whatever else he did to making a decent side income from this business you know and to me that's just so respectable while he's gaining these skills and just becoming a more well-rounded person in the community, you know? And and so then I think, you know, if he were to look back and think on his life, like, oh, what did I lo- do last month? Oh, well, I, you know, made these boxes and I sold them and I met these people. And, oh, yeah, you know, then I delivered one to this guy who happens to be a plumber and I had some plumbing issues. So now I have a connection there, you know? Like, I think when you can build these communities and build this network around you, I bet he's a very happy individual, is my point. Mm -hmm. Where if you just sit there and you watch Netflix all the time, it's almost like, or, you know, even if you're on social media a lot, you get that, like, envy of these lives that seem perfect, when really that's just how they're portrayed on TV or how they're portrayed on social media. But instead, you're out there connecting with real people, you know? So 
I think in this day and age, it's really important to be able to step away from the digital world and kind of get back to doing a little like grassroots networking. And I think that's becoming a culture. I've, I've heard other people say kind of the same thing that we're in like a kind of a renaissance now of getting back to like building things by hand and people don't want to work in offices. So they're learning skills like blacksmithing and woodworking. You know, it's becoming more common to, you know, just do things with your hands and do things that are physical because people are just so sick of like living only in a digital existence where they are, have nothing but screen time all the time. They, you know, never use any muscle groups, right? They just, you know, go sit somewhere all day long. They want to, you know, their brain is like, and their body is just like craving some of these other activities. And, you know, that's becoming a kind of a cultural thing now. And that may become more prevalent. It may just, you know, fade out. We're not sure. But uh, I think, you know, from what we're talking about, we feel the same way. Um, you know, that we have a desire to like do these things and become makers doesn't matter what it is, but if you're producing something, it makes you feel good. Right. right. Rather than if you're just like working for a company and making them more money, you know, all the time or whatever it is, uh, or making them be more effective at making their money or selling more products or doing whatever that is, it's not as effective because you're not actually doing anything. Right. I mean, it's just not very fun to be a cog in the machine. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, we advocate like, yes, you have to do jobs that you don't enjoy because you need to make money, right? Like, we like our jobs. We don't love our jobs. Um, it's not like we enjoy being on, you know, going to corporate jobs every day, but we can see that they're very valuable to us right now. So we kind of advocate, go and take care of your job. But then when you come home and you still have, you know, six hours before you go to bed or whatever it is, do something good with that. You know, one thing that we've done, and it doesn't make us money, but it saves us money, so kind of can be a similar thing. We've really honed in on our cooking skills to the point where we I come home most nights and I cook. You know, that's a lot of what I do, but it's relaxing and it's beneficial to us. Um, you know, another thing that one of my hobbies was I just loved looking at houses on Zillow. I would just sit on Zillow all the time and look at houses. And people are probably thinking, okay, well, how did that make you money? You know, if I can get paid to look at houses on Zillow, I want in. Well, eventually, because I sat on Zillow for countless hours, I knew this market so well that our first rental property popped up and I said, Brett, we need to go look at this. Right. It was a, You knew the market completely at that point. You knew what all the housing sell prices were for the last, you know, two years, basically. And you were like, this is the best deal I've seen like ever on this, right? In this, you know, for our area. Yeah. And so it was like, it was a no brainer unless this thing has like rats living in it, basically. We need to go get this because it's like such a such an amazing offer. So yeah, we jumped all over it and it's been great so far. Right. So it was definitely the right decision. We made it immediately. We didn't have to like hum and haw about it, right? Because we had already done the research in advance to know it was a good deal, um, right? And, and obviously it was a slam dunk for us. So um I mean, yeah, any one of those little things. And you can do that. That was your passion project, right? And you turned that into something that was like a great thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can do that. Even people that just love to play games all the time, right? It's an entire industry now. Like right. the Twitch platform, right, is is like the gaming live streaming platform. That makes 
built like it's almost a billion dollar industry just right. for that just for that site right they get viewers they get donations i mean it happens all the time there's it's a huge industry there's competitions i mean there's there's speed running is like becoming really popular now just people playing indie games now is becoming super popular you can play video games all the time but like stream it on there give it a try see if people want to like see you do that and there's you'll learn a lot of things about that you'll learn about growing an audience you'll learn about analytics for data tracking you'll learn what people do and don't like watching you play i mean it's it's just it's just a different a lot of extra layers on top of like just sitting there and brainlessly turn you know turning your brain off and just like plugging out and playing a game like experience a little bit you know talk to people about what you're playing and try something different and try something new and find a new game that nobody plays and do that kind of stuff or like on the youtube platform right that's nothing but creators that do exciting things um you know and maybe you want to like maybe you're uh, you have a passion for like grilling stuff and making hamburgers and like uh, I know there, there's somebody that I knew for a long time that created copycat burger recipes from restaurants and like grew his entire channel because like this is how you make like this burger from like Red Robin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was like this is how you make this burger from like this special place in like San Diego that's like super popular and like really secretive. And or like the umami burger, right? We loved like the umami stuff, like mm-hmm. when we were out in San Francisco, or yeah, San Francisco, several years ago. And then this guy like copied it, and then of course they like tried to sue him or whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know that gave him a lot of traffic. On you the just channel. have to replace one one letter, so instead of umami, just be like, oh, it's ooh khaki. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> and then you can get away with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, but like. I mean, that's kind of feeding the machine on both ends, but it's it's them growing all those skills and all those talents and, like, you know, they maybe they buy more equipment, but they get better at it and they really love doing it and they, that makes them happy to, like, make those things and serve that audience. But then on the other side of the coin, it's producing that same content where people are just, like, sitting back and absorbing it. So... But, you know, I think be, you can be... Be the one that produces. But even, you know, if you are producing content, I think sometimes it's good for you to consume content to see what other people are doing and what... You know, what, what, how are their reviews structured and can you learn anything from them and can you, you know, gain any information from how other people are doing things or are they talking about things that you're interested in? You know, podcasts are something that you can, in YouTube videos, the great, the beauty of them is it's great to create them and there is a time and place to consume them because, you know, a great example of this is we had to figure out how to replace a garage door at one of our rentals. And it was so much cheaper for us to take the time to figure out how to do it. But you can bet that all we did was watch like four YouTube videos on it. And then we walked in and did it. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, for like anything. I mean, that's a, that's a great platform to watch like educational things about even the burger guy, right? It's like, it wasn't just like, here's the burger. This is what I made. Here's the recipe. It was like, here's how I grind up the spices. And this is the meat blends that I use. And like, if you want to go cook this yourself, this is exactly how you can go do it. And right. So it's basically an educational video of like, if you're interested in this and you want to do this and you really like this one thing, this will start teaching you how to cook. Right. right? And, and, and that's, I think that's the beauty of the world that I envision is like, we are all creators. So then we are all consumers as well, because there are things Everyone specializes in different areas. So everyone has something to offer, but we don't all have the same exact package to offer. So, you know, that guy can teach me how to make a great burger. And then, you know, your favorite, like, juicer guy can tell you which juicer to buy. He tells me to buy every juicer and buy them all from him. But but we also learned how to replace our dishwasher on there, how to install that. 
Um, so so we resurfaced the deck, you know, restanding yeah. the deck, you know, building the bench. I think it was another, you know, trick, different tips and tricks for like doing some woodworking things. Yeah, yeah all so, that stuff's out there. You know, we consume a lot of content and then we take it to learn new skills. And then, you know, we try to re-contribute, I guess, by producing our own content in other areas that we feel like we could help people with. Mm -hmm. So I think when you do it that way, you have this awesome cycle of people helping people instead of companies telling you what to do and buy and consume. Right. They're, they're basically treating you like you have a funnel in your throat and they're just pouring content yeah. down it and they're saying, give me your money. And right, don't don't be that guy that's got the funnel. Yeah, be the guy that like has binoculars out looking for new things. Um, you know, ready. You know, with his brain open, trying to trying to absorb more material so you can do something with that. Yeah, and you know, one area I did want to mention is I, I mentioned that a lot of people specialize, and it's great to create content where you specialize, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try other things. So, you know, I think a lot of people think. A lot of business people will tell you, specialize in what you're good at and hire people for everything else, which is, I understand the value of that advice, but I also think that it's really beneficial. You know, you have 24 hours in a day and you have to spend some of them sleeping and you should spend a lot of them doing what you're really good at, right? What your number one specialization is. But I also think there's something that's really beneficial about carving out time to learn new skills, to challenge your brain. Because I think that actually ends up making you a more well-rounded person and a better person overall, even in your field. Because you just, when you challenge different parts of the brain, it's like, at the end of the day, you just become a better person overall. Um, you know, one example that we did is we took a German class, which was really outside of our normal wheelhouse and something we, you know, wouldn't usually just start speaking German um, but it, it forces us to think about things differently. And I think that's really good. Um, you know, we've also preached that we've done a lot of work on our rentals ourselves, which has not only saved us probably at this point, actually thousands of dollars oh, yeah. easily, Across maybe, maybe yeah. even above 10,000 at this point. Um, but you know, we also, so we, you know, we, save all this money, but then we have these skills where it just gives us this confidence and it makes us feel really good. You know, like when we go to rent out our unit and people compliment the floors that we installed ourselves, it feels good to know like we did that. And and I think we could have spent more time, you know, my specialization in that area was finding new properties, but then there's a benefit to being able like, well, now I'm willing to look at properties that maybe I wouldn't looked at have looked at before because I would have been scared about the carpet or the paint. But now I'm like, oh, I can paint and I can replace the carpet. So if this is a good deal and structurally the unit is great, I'm not scared off by this like puke green shade carpet. Or even if you don't want to do it yourself again, you know how much work is involved in it, right? So you're not going to get... You know, taken behind the woodshed from a, uh, a contractor of some kind that's like, oh no, this is a $10,000 project. And you're like, no, guy, I did this for like 800 bucks uh, myself over a course of like two days. So it is not like, you know, anywhere near that. Exactly. That's a really good point. And I think it, you know, I always kind of go back to the example of I growing up and even now, I don't know a lot about cars. So when I'm at that oil change and they're like, you need this and that and this fluid. I used to get really taken aback and I was like, oh, oh, all right, do it all, you know, and my my $25 oil change would all of a sudden run me $80. 
Um, and slowly, I've just learned a little bit more about cars. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I, yep, I understand that my wiper fluid needs to be topped off. Nope, you don't need to, I'm not going to pay you $25 to do that, right? Because I understand that it's like a $1.99 liquid that I just dump into my car. Right. So um, <laughs> I think when you can kind of take the power back, if you don't learn these things, you're really going to just set yourself up to be taken advantage of at some point. Right, and it's by something. And I, I don't know that you, you can't be an expert in every area, right? But, you know, pick something that you think is interesting and pick something that you think is easy and just, like, explore that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've been diving hard into cryptocurrencies lately, right? And learning, you know, that everybody, learning basically that nobody understands cryptocurrencies, right? The more that we learn about it, the more that we understand that every time we hear somebody talk about it, we understand more and more that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know... That that's a fun you know experience right now too, and this is an interesting market to do that in, and you don't get these opportunities all the time where, like you know, it's so cutting edge and so so out there, and there's so many misconceptions. More importantly, that you can really become an expert in it more than you know other people are. Yeah, it's it's quite comical when you realize that people are buying something that they do not understand at all. Oh yeah, there's there's no way, right? There's so many people that dump so much money into this so fast there is no way that those people have any idea what they were thinking about buying right or what it and, did or what you it know was for. if they would have taken their thousand hours of tv time to learn about crypto then they might have made better decisions <laughs> but no i mean that was easy for them to do i mean you throw yeah. on you throw on um you know the latest season of game of thrones and you know tune out and you just buy the stocks yeah hit, hit well. trade see where your money went i mean some guys started a show uh, and by the end of the season, it jumped up four thousand percent. Right. And then some other people turned on the next, you know, next season, and it went down five thousand percent. But so. you know, and and that's the hard thing with cryptos right now is people have made a lot of money on them, and you know, we, they have gone up a lot in the past year. You basically couldn't have picked wrong, you know, in the last year across the board. Most of them have gone up, um, and I, yeah, so it's it's interesting because it's creating this you know, environment where people want more. It's that greed of like, I want that same return again. Um, but we will definitely, I think our next episode actually will be to dive into cryptocurrency. So I don't want to go too far into the rabbit hole now because we could probably talk about it forever. And I also don't want to give the impression that we think it's a bad thing by this episode. Um, when we were talking about it now, we're talking about people's reaction to it. But I think some of the technology is very cool and very useful. This was just more so to highlight that people will jump into things they don't understand, you know. Right. I mean, people will, like, write use cases about what happened to the market during, you know, that, like, three-week period with the crypto crisis, right? So, I mean, there's a lot to learn in that market. There's a lot to learn about why people were investing, what they invested in, what happened, why it went back down again. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff just by itself of why that happened that has nothing to do with cryptocurrency at all, right? That, that's that's market analysis right. uh, 101, right, for that. But what the crypto stuff is, you know, was no different to them as, you know, buying McDonald's stock. Exactly. Like they were treating it like that. They didn't, they don't know, you know, they may have never even eaten McDonald's before, but, uh, you know, they're going to buy the stock because they think it's going up, right? So that's what happened with the crypto stuff. And so we'll, we'll like to talk more about, 
you know, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, but we'll talk more about what it actually is, what it does, how it works, and the whole background behind it, and what the differences are between, you know, like Bitcoin, because that's the most popular term. Cryptocurrency is probably the second most common term, which is kind of a misnomer, and uh, blockchain in general, which nobody, you know, some people, you, some people may have not even heard of, and that's the most important part. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that, um, but to try to get us back on track a little bit and start wrapping this episode <laughs> up. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, the question is why? So why become a producer instead of staying a consumer? Because it's very easy to just seek to be entertained. Well, I will say that I think it starts becoming a lot more powerful when you start realizing that you can be entertained and be happy by creating your own happiness and producing your own things. Um, and I also think having side hustles is a really good way to just save a lot of money or further your financial f- journey. Um, you know, I don't think it will hurt you at all to try to have multiple sources of income. I think there's a really powerful thing knowing you have multiple sources of income And I guess, you know, I say this as a millennial who I kind of came to age as the Great Recession was striking, but my biggest fear is like, you know, I watch friends and parents' friends lose their jobs and lose houses and lose cars because they didn't have, you know, they had their job, they didn't have any savings, they didn't have any side income. And so I try to diversify in all aspects of my life, my investments, my career, my sources of income. Why not, right? So once you like start these side hustles, you realize it's just a really empowering feeling. And then you get to this awesome point in your journey where it's like, it's not that I can't afford that. It's that I'm choosing to not buy that because I would rather, you know, save this money to go back into my real estate business or save this money to expand my CrossFit, you know, gym box (laughs) building career. And I think that's a really cool thing because then instead of, you know, being like, okay, I'm going to go buy this, you know, $100 whatever on Amazon. You're like, what could that $100 do for me and do for my career or my business? And you just start optimizing it. And you just make these decisions that actually are really good for you instead of playing into the game that all of the big, you know, Amazon and Google want you to play into. Right. Just sit there and consume their stuff. Right. And I mean, all the big companies now, all the most profitable companies in the last like four years, four or five years, just keep getting way more profitable every year. Right. Amazon took it over. Jeff Bezos is now like the most, uh, you know, most uh, highest wealth person in the world. Right. Um, Apple is destroying everything. Right. They're 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 killing it in the market. Their profitability is off the charts. Right. It's just because people won't stop buying stuff from them. They just keep raising prices higher and higher and people keep buying it and buying it. Right. So why why are you doing that? Verizon, Comcast. I mean, all, all these people that have bought all these shell companies like ESPN and all this stuff. Disney's buying up everything in sight. Right. All the Marvel stuff, all the Star Wars stuff. They're becoming like extremely profitable monsters just for you to keep buying their stuff, visiting their theme parks, watching their movies, watching TV watching commercials, right? The more you do that, the bigger these guys are getting and they keep getting bigger, mm-hmm. right? And Amazon people have been, the trend has been increasing over time. It's not that people are continuing to buy the same amount of stuff and, and buying more stuff on Amazon rather than other places. They're buying more stuff as a net 
right? That that number is like skyrocketing. It's you know the the curve is 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 steeply increasing. It's not that you know the number of things people are buying is linear anymore. It's just it's become so easy now that people are just like brainlessly clicking on boom 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 boom. Give me this immediately. And at the end of the day, they're buying 20% more this year than they did last year, even though they didn't need it. And, you know, even it's not even world. Some of it's worldwide. A lot of it's isolated to America. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I actually saw this article recently written by a publication from another country, and they were literally just asking what our obsession with the iPhone was. Like, they were just like... What is happening in America that people are shelling out like $1,000 for a phone that they will definitely want to replace in two years with the next $1,000 phone? Oh, yeah. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to anybody at this point looking from the outside. Yeah. You know. It doesn't make sense to me, I guess, because we don't it's you know, It's, it's, it's purely a status symbol at this point. There's a lot of like amazing other phones out there that compete with it, that do all the same things. That are not as nearly expensive, yeah. right? But, you know, it's amazing to me because w- w- Verizon, I guess, was the birth of the two-year phone. Because it used to be you signed a two-year contract, and then when it was up, back in the day of the flip phone, you got a free phone, to you know, in the next two years or whatever. and um, Or a cheap phone. Like, that's when you could get the discounted price. Well, now that's just, like, become part of our culture where people like clockwork every two years just buy a new phone now. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with our phones. Or even in the, I mean, even there's a lot of people in the iPhone ecosystem that buy the new phone every year. And, and yeah. in the Android ecosystem yep. too. Right? They'll buy the the new Samsung phone that's coming out in a couple you know, month or so. Uh, the S9, right? That'll come out. They'll sell their S8 and, you know, get a return on, you know, whatever phone website that they're going to get a return from for people buying used phones and stuff. I mean, that's a great place to do it, too. Buy a one-year-old phone used off those sites from these guys that want to have the latest and greatest stuff. Right. Those people are out there. You should take advantage of that. Exactly. <laughs> but my point being, like, don't fall into the marketing ploy. Don't think that you need a new phone every two years Use your phone until you have reason not to. Um, We're great examples of that. I used to be on the two-year phone plan. We bought the Nexus 6P three and a half years ago. Three years ago? Almost three Almost three years ago. Um, And there's nothing wrong with my phone. I'm going to keep using it. I think it's fine. The camera's good. Um, The screen quality's fine. Sure, if I compared it to a brand new phone, I would probably notice some differences. But for my daily use of checking Instagram and reading some news articles, I don't need anything else. But it's getting to the point where those differences are, like, very insignificant now. And my point being, what are you doing on your phone anyways? For most people, it's social media and reading news articles. And hopefully checking Um, (laughs) mint.com. But, you know, I, I think... People think they need this big, awesome thing because marketing tells them they do, and you don't. So um, I guess we should really start wrapping this up because now we're just ranting about everything we hate. Uh, so uh, You know, I love a good rant. Yeah. Uh, so instead, let's just start, you know, package this up. Basically, whatever you're consuming, whatever marketing lies you're believing, stop right now. I know it's hard to break it, but you will be very happy you did. And your goal for 2018 is to create something. I don't care whether it's a candle or a quilt or a YouTube video 
or a book. I want you to create something new that is unique to you and shows your personality and what you're good at because everybody is good at something. And, you know, I, I want to learn this. I, I want to know more. Um, you know, to me, it's really awesome when I meet people who are just naturally so good with woodworking or tools or building and they just know how to fix things, right? Because that was never me. Um, but, you know, I have strengths strengths in other area of analyzing numbers and of real estate and budgets. Um, and I think once we can all meet up and exchange what we're good at, that's how we like build a better community. So um, I'm willing to be the the you know, resource dump for that. Comment on our website and tell me what you're good at and let's, you know, exchange emails and ask each other questions and learn from each other because that would be awesome. (laughs) So there we go. There you go. Good wrap up. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. I will drop all of our contact information in below. Um, And if you liked this episode, let us know. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website, moneyinthebankpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at angie at moneyinthebankpodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank.